So um, as I'm as I'm leading into this, I just want to say I want to say this. Um, I'm not sure how many in here of you. I've I've talked to many of you where the last last week or two, there's just been lots lots of extra hard things. Uh, almost like the enemy trying to take his best shot to um, undermine, to to uh, bring discouragement. And um, I, I am convinced, I know that we're not like gazing or, or searching for what the enemy's up to. I know that's not our desire. But sometimes it's also good to know that, um, you know, that some of the things that are happening, there's a reason why, because we're, we're approaching on it, encroaching upon a time that the Lord has planned for a long, long time. There's, there's so much spiritual activity going on in the, in the good way. In the, the light that is that is that is absolutely being released a, across the earth, the, God's glory increasing, 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 and um, and even uh, this body, as we are heading to more and more towards what what we are called to do, what we've been gathered to do, um, these kind of things, you know, the enemy gets nervous and doesn't just sit and take it sometimes, and doesn't always play fair. But we have a Savior who is much greater still. And so I'm just declaring over you, um, again, I've talked to several of you where you say, wow, there was something extra hard. So I'm declaring over you the breakthroughs that God has for you. I am declaring over you uh, the favor of heaven, the encouragement of heaven. Wow. In Jesus' name, that the hope would rise up. The hope within you is rising up, rising up again. That there's nothing that's going to stop you from why you're alive in this hour. Some of you, some of you, that the lies have gone deep lately of, of it's not worth it. Um, I don't want to fight this battle anymore. I am telling you, fresh grace. You have fresh grace, fresh grace, fresh grace from heaven. The one who never leaves your side, the lion who is always padding right by your side, he is with you and he is roaring. He is roaring for you. And in your direction, the direction he has you going, he is the one clearing a path. So I pray over you, open doors where you need open doors. I'm declaring open doors that no man can close. I am praying closed doors that no man can open the places that you don't need to go. And I am praying again a clarity that would come. Holy Spirit, would you bring right now, just breathe in, usher in a clarity of, of purpose, a clarity, an excitement for life, for living, a joy. God, let the joy rise back up again, the joy of being yours and being alive in this time in history. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That felt good. That felt really good. So originally, tonight, um, when we first slated this for this evening to 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 make this a longer sharing time with you, we had said it was going to be two things mainly. We were going to talk about a, a, a covenant of belonging. To Blazing Fire Church, what does that mean, really? And we said we were going to give you an update on the building. And uh, but what I what I need to tell you is, as as often happens, and I'm going to go ahead and put the title page up here to see, show you that there's a change. Is that as we started going 
uh, deep with the Lord about about what we were to releasing tonight and, and about the covenant. God, what is the covenant of belonging? What is that really about in the kingdom? What does that mean for blazing fire? But in the midst of, of going through this as an elder team, he really began to breathe on a, a, a freshness, um, a re, almost a rebirth of, of why we exist. Why blazing fire? Why did we come together? You know, we could say it was Suzanne and I decided to start a church. Well, that would be kind of the earthly reason of why. But something much deeper was going on in the heavens. There's something we're still living out that really Suzanne and I didn't even know about when we started this church 13 years ago. There are certain things we knew, certain things we were dreaming about, but we're watching them unfold. And so so I want to share tonight with you, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about tonight and we're going to have some fun because we're not we're not only going to look um, ahead but we're also going to look back a little bit um, whenever if whenever you are feeling um, a little lost as in what's my purpose or what which direction am I going there there are bad reasons and there are good reasons to look back it's not good to look back and live in regret and live in the um you know, the guilt and the shame of what Jesus has paid for and what you've already brought to the cross. That's, that's not good. But you can look back. And if you look back and start seeing the, the dots and where, where they're heading, you're going, Oh, you know, that, that's the way I remember now. And, and that's, I'm going to tonight, I'm going to bring up some of our past, um, history in a pretty fun way. So it's just, we're going to have fun tonight. And we're going to start with, with the mission. Uh, the vision, and then we'll get the second half of it. We'll get to the to the building search stuff. All right. So um, I'm just praying right now. I'm making this declaration that you will hear what the Holy Spirit wants you to hear. We've done plenty of preparation. It's not like I'm just going to say whatever and hope the Holy Spirit shows up and says something to you. But I also know He's an amazing interpreter. I've had people come up and say, wow, when you said that, that really hit me. I'm like, wow, that's really good. I wish I had said that. But let's just pretend I did because that was good. So, Holy Spirit, we just give you permission. You do the translating. So I want to start with this. I want to talk about um, Proverbs 29:18. It's a scripture that most of us know well because it's kind of thrown out there a bunch. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's the King James Version. Here's some others, though. The NIV, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people throw off all restraint. Uh, the voice message says, where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. Um, another way I would say it, this is different. This is Brent's version, which is when we're not hearing a live voice, when we're not ongoing hearing what, what we're alive for, we get bored. It's true. We get bored. We just start doing stuff because we're bored. And some of that stuff is really destructive. Some of it isn't. Some of it is. But when we when we get re-engaged with what the Lord has for us, the life starts coming back and we remember why we exist. I, I believe this was a Chris Valentin quote, vision gives pain a purpose. It's not just for the pain. There's, there's the good side of vision. But sometimes when we're going through pain, we need to remember what was it, Lord? And that word vision, by the way, 
we've kind of turned it into, especially in a corporate America, a vision is let's come up with a really good plan that we can all follow together. And we call that a vision. But that's actually not what this word means. This word is talking about, it's talking about that, um, the, the, the word, the living active word from God that is alive and reminds you, it, it's, it's his prophetic now word for you. What's, what is God saying to you? Which can be just as simple every morning waking up and saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? You know, what am I alive for today? That's the thing we need to keep staying in touch with. That's, that's God's vision. All right? And um, here's, so that was Chris Valentin, Vision Gives Pain a Purpose. Here's one from Steve Jobs. It's very different. If you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Now, here's where I'd say again, if it's a vision that's from God, meaning it's a fresh, revelatory, this is what you're alive for, that's something people don't have to push you to do, right? Here's Bethel's mission. I wanted to start, we are under Bethel Church in Redding, California. When I say under them, what I mean is not just that we think they're cool and awesome and we hang out with them now and then, which is all true. Uh, but we are known by them. We are under uh, Bill Johnson, Chris Valentin, or spiritual fathers to this house. Um, Danny Silk, Paul Manwaring, many others have come here and regularly, Stephen De Silva, regularly speak into us. Um, but we are actually commissioned by them. Meaning, we're going to place ourselves under you and be part of your mission. We like your mission. We like where you're going. Can we go there with you? So that means, so we're co-missioned, we're under them. This is their mission. So this is part of our mission. This is our mission too. Revival, the personal, regional, and global expansion of God's kingdom through his manifest presence. Don't know if you read that one or heard it lately, but there's Bethel's mission. We said, along with thousands of other churches around the world, we've said, we want to be part of that vision. And together, I'm telling you, it's happening. It is absolutely happening. Now, here's Blazing Fire's mission. Now, some of you that um, have heard me speak before, you, you would be saying, well, didn't you say that was our vision before? Because that is what I called it. I called it a vision before. But I understanding lately that this is really more of a mission. And without defining, trying to get into all the terms right now, just a mission to me is an overall this is, this is who we are. This is where we're going. Vision is much more specific and how do you see yourself in it? So, so here's our mission. We're still under Bethel's mission and so we're kind of adding on to it our specifics that we're here to encounter God's transforming presence. We're alive together to enjoy His kingdom life as His family and we are awakening and equipping world changers. It's what we're here to do. So as an elder team, for example, we can go back to this sometimes and go, is this what we're doing? Because this is what we said we're all about. All right? Now, before I share um, a vision with you, uh, the vision that, that I want to um, open up before you tonight, I want to go, like I said, I want to go back first and hit some of the touch points. And for some of you who've been around a while, this is going to be kind of fun. For those of you who are new, it actually is going to give you some context of, of how we got to where we are. Blazing Fire is uh, 13 years old. And um, Suzanne and I have been in the Valley 25 years, but 13 years ago we started this, this church. So here we are. Um, 
Brent and Suzanne Locker began Blazing Fire Church, and we align under Bethel Church in Reading. That was January of 2002. Um, just, what is that, 10 months later, um, eight months later, we, eight months later, we move into Good News Family Fellowship. So this, uh, and we have more room to worship passionately. That's actually a picture from Good News. And um, that's me on the guitar in the middle. And I can start to name other people. But anyway, um, so that was really us back then. And that was kind of exciting because we were in a home for a while, the first eight months. And now all of a sudden we're, we're, we're starting to expand. More people kind of found us out and said, we want to go there too. Um, anyway, there's a lot of you can trace your, your, yourself back to those days because we were there for a couple of years. Um, but moving on, uh, October 2002, that was the first time Doug Addison came. And he took us out on the streets using prophetic evangelism. Um, and that's us on the streets, the, the middle picture there, that's, that's Hacienda Crossings where the theater is and all that in Dublin. And there's Sheila off to the right. Um, those were really exciting and fun times. Because although I had known Doug for many years before that, he and I are long-time friends, but, but Doug um, has been given an anointing by God, not only to, as a prophet to prophesy, but to bring others into that stream. And he came to say, hey, you all can do this. You can prophesy. You can hear God's voice. And we went out there and we tried it. And you know what? It worked. When we went out there, God showed up and pe- we started hearing from him. And and I don't know. I, I, we can't put numbers on it because we didn't tab everything, but we were doing that for a few years. In fact, there was one summer we did it every night of the week. We did it seven. There's Bill. Bill was out there with us. We did it every night of the week. And we started to really get to know people because people would, there a lot of the young people would be there every night. And we went so deep. But I would say that, that I think this is extremely realistic to say that hundreds, I don't know how many hundreds, but hundreds of people were saved, were um, set free of things, were healed. We had so many miracles going on out there. We really did. I'm going to talk more about that a little later. Um, so Doug got us out there. He got us, he got us uncomfortable, you know? It's a little uncomfortable when you first start going out there. You're like, oh, I'd rather just, you know, stay at home. And, uh, he got us out there. It was awesome. February 2003, Acts 29 in San Ramon. That was, that was a, basically a very large home group. So we were still meeting. Good news. But we also added on an extra night and brought people into our home. Um, and that's, that's, uh, Tim and Donna, Art and Donna and Lonnie. So they go back. That's, you know, 10 years ago. And uh, we were saying Acts 29 because there's only 29, there's only 28 chapters in the book of Acts. So we said, we want to live the supernatural. We want to carry this on. How do we do this? So we would gather, we would worship, we would pray, we would hear God and just more and more of the going out and going forth and praying for healing and all that good stuff. In September of 2004, that was our first supernatural school that we had with 40 teenagers. Yeah. That's my awesome son, Derek, sitting in the front row. (laughs) So, all right. You know what? I forgot. I totally forgot. Could have used this for Sheila and everything, but yeah, okay. Derek will love this, but there he is right there. I won't point at him this way, though. Um, 
That was an awesome year. And that was, that took us to whole new places. We just said, who wants to go deep in the spiritual, supernatural realm to these young teenagers? And, and at the time we had like three of them in our church and, and 40 of them show up. There's Shandy's here somewhere. Shandy! Anyone else here from then? Anyway. There's, where's Shandy? <laughs> it would take me a while. Never mind. All right. He's up there. Oh, right next to me. Yep, he is. Yep, in the red. Um, so that was extremely significant. And we then, that was the first of seven or eight years in a row of hosting um, basically Supernatural School that, that became a night school and then a couple nights a week and then a full-time day school. Um, and we are not currently doing that, but but we have plans to do more things like that in the future. September 2006, this is when we, uh, I hosted, I said uh, we, but it's, I, I sent out invitations and hosted our first Bay Area Kingdom Advance for pastors and ministry leaders. That was very significant. God's given me a heart for unity, that the body of Christ, we have to do this together. Blazing Fire is a place where we are working with the body of Christ. We are not an entity in and of ourselves and uh, we were working together. There was probably 40 people that first time, and it, it grew as many as 120. I, I, I did twice a year, uh, pastors from all around the Bay Area. Summer of 2007, that's when we did the outdoor worship services at Wayside Park in Pleasanton. How many of you were there for any of that? That's cool. Wow, that's probably like a good 20 of you. That's Suzanne. That's actually on our website currently, though our website's just about to be switched over any day now. Um, but our old website that's still up is, uh, that's, that's my wife Suzanne. That, that was her actually worshiping in the park with a flag. But you gotta realize, this is in the middle of downtown Pleasanton. And they let us have amplified music and we had, we were waving flags and people would come along and go, Wow, what is this? I want, you know, they liked the party. They wanted to come and join in. It was so much fun. And then we also had regional home groups, which was very important because, um, and we did all this because we didn't have a building, by the way. That's why we did this. We, there was eight, one, we have switched many times buildings, which we'll talk about later, but there was a season where we didn't have any. And we said, Lord, what do we do? And we started worshiping in a park. We had the favor from the, the, the uh, city to do that. And regional home groups, which really began to build up leaders, but also all uh, these people in, in the different regions around the Bay that came to Blazing Fire really started to go deep with each other. January 2009, this was when our first elder team, which is the picture in the middle there, that's Dan and Carla and Amy and Susanna and myself, um, they commissioned and launched our second elder team, um, which is the Louts and the Folklers and then Lonnie Ellis to the right. That was a very significant moment. How many of you were there when we went that night? Don't remember that. So again, probably a good 20 of you. That was a special night. To this day, I've had people that have told me, when I saw what you guys did that night, it did something in me. I, I wanted to be part of this family because there was so much honor. So often when there's shifting in leadership, you know, there's um, there's hurt and pain. This was nothing like that. This was... The, the analogy I used at the time was that the first group of elders were like the, the, the fuel that got the rocket off the ground, you know, just raw power to get that rocket off the ground. And then they, they handed it off to the second one, which is like that second ignition. 
that takes us even further and, and uh, you know, closer on course to where we want to go. And also why this is significant is because of this team uh, to the right, each one of them brought something so significant. When you think about what they brought to to the uh, atmosphere, to the environment of Blazing Fire, you know, the deep healing um, that, that Russ and Susan uh, bring, and, uh, and Russ, you know, with his passion for home groups and all the rest, and Todd and Karina, um, not only their passion for the youth and worship, but also their whole family. They have a huge passion for us to do family together. Um, and, and Lonnie, who brought the equipping, um, that was his passion. He wanted, he wanted, we got to equip the body of Christ and it's got to be in signs and wonders and miracles, you know. And every time he got up here, man, he would stir that up. And I just love it. It's all the body of Christ just being the body. So, uh, next is, um, February 2012. Um, this is when Leif Hetland, this is three years ago now. Leif Hetland, um, came for the first time. He's been three times now, but he came, uh, and, and really took us deeper. He challenged us deeper to go, to go after family. What real family? What is that really? And how do we add our value to each other? Not just a consumer mentality, but we come to add something to each other. And, and really, I, I think he was significant in, in causing us to want to go there and to see, to kind of see the, the bigger light. Like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a purpose for the pain. Yes, it's hard. It's hard to learn how to do relationships well. It's hard to let God into our hearts. But man, the payoff is so worth it. And then um, last year, uh, almost two years ago now, um, Winds of Change, um, home groups and, and the Heart Revival Service. So once again, home groups, we had a few home groups, but like probably eight more or ten more were added, which always, it not only causes people to go deeper together in those groups, but it also causes the leaders of those groups to, to suddenly rise up into a whole different level. And that happened again. And then we had the midweek heart revival services. How many of you were part of that in any way? Just raise your hand. Wow. That's like three quarters or more of you here. So that was just a quick, you know, stroll down memory lane. But each one of those things, just like our lives, there are significant moments that impact us and that, and that direct us more and more to what, what am I alive for? Um, as the elders got together about two, three weeks ago, about three weeks ago, maybe we were going to finish up the finishing touches of the covenant of belonging to blazing fire, which we're still going to do in three weeks, by the way, there's a slide later that has the date on it. We're still going to do that. It's coming really soon. But what happened is, is God started to first ignite my heart again. Suzanne and I took time to, to pray. We, we, we started starting to cry about some things, good tears, like remembering just that, you know, remembering what we're alive for. And I got, I met with the elders and, and they all agreed we, we needed to go further into, okay, God, what does this vision really, really look like? Uh, helping us to remember our roots and remember what we're alive for. So several weeks ago, we started to, um, ask God, we said, Lord, what does this look like? We started with a whiteboard. And you know, after a couple hours, it was amazing. Everybody adding their pieces. And in that elder team, there were tears going on. And there was there was excitement being generated as people were re-remembering what we're alive for. 
And one of the things that we said is, um, you know, we, we need to go, um, I want to say this correctly, we are always moving forward. And, and where we're going is ahead. But we need to remember what it is that we started with because at the very beginning, I'm going to go really retro here on you. This was, this was the first image that we used uh, a lot at Blazing Fire Church. And our first couple of websites had this on it. And the tagline underneath there, a church on fire with the passionate gaze of Jesus. That was our original tagline, our original one-line description for who we are. And as we sat there as elders, we said, you know what? That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. We are a church on fire with the passionate gaze of Jesus. And that, and the, the scripture that went with it, Revelation 114, and this is where we get our name. His eyes are like a blazing fire. So it's his passion for his bride. And as he looks upon us with these eyes of fire, things, we get changed, we get transformed, and we begin to go out with that same passion and that, and that same fire. So we remembered that, and then we began to, um, we began to, to listen to the Lord and hear about a vision that he had for us. And if you look, this is just another picture, but but here are here's just an artist's description. Uh, believe me, the real thing's going to be a billion times more impactful and powerful than this. Because I've 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 talked with people who've been to heaven and who have looked right into those eyes. Um, but when you look at that, it certainly reminds me of something, and that is, it looks kind of like the sun, which is is the analogy that we want to use tonight as we as we talk about our vision i want to look at the sun when we sometimes we need analogies because things that god is trying to show us are so deep and so profound that analogies help our brains of course um analogies are never perfect um but but we found this one to be so helpful now if you think about our solar system Everything revolves around the sun, correct? Did you know there was a time for a lot of history where everybody believed everything was revolving around the earth? It wasn't until Copernicus came up with this brilliant idea. I'm thinking Holy Spirit might have had something to do with that, even if he didn't know him. Anyway, that actually we're not, everything's not revolving around us. It's revolving around the sun. And that is so much like our lives. Meaning before Jesus, before we really know who he is, we kind of think everything's revolving around us. Ah, we're pretty much the center of the universe. Um, and then we meet Jesus. <laughs> oh, paradigm shift. Everything revolves around him. I'm important, but I'm just out here circling, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the shift. Jesus is the center of everything. We can learn a lot from science. We can learn a lot from nature because God made it. Everything's got his fingerprints, his, you know, his prints all over it. And, and there are, you know, when science figures out more and more things, I love, you know, when they want to disprove the Bible and they end up proving it. You know, I just think that's fun. But anyway, um, Science is proving that, that God really means what he says. And, uh, and so in the center of the sun is, is this gravitational pull. Everything is being pulled into the sun. The sun is holding everything together. 
But everything is getting pulled into the sun. That gravitational pull is monstrous. And so I want us to take a look at the sun's core in this analogy. What what would that be? And uh, clearly, it's God's passionate, fiery love. It's God's passionate, fiery love. That's what's pulling everything in the universe. I, even those that don't know Him yet, right? And us who know Him and forget at times, we get pulled back in. We, we'll forget at times, but I'm telling you, it's His passionate love. Love, it's from the Father. Book of 1 John says God is love, correct? It's not just something He exhibits. That's true. Love does look like something. But he is love. It's the essence of who he is. It's something so tangible, so real. And it's, and it's pulling everything in. Our God is a consuming fire, it says in, in the book of Hebrews 12, 29. Did you know that the core, I don't know how they estimate such things since I don't think a thermometer would probably last very long in there. But they say that the sun's core is, is millions of degrees hot. What does that mean? I don't know. Really hot. Um, but here's just, again, just a visual of showing you everything's getting pulled in. Love, perfect love, casts out all fear. There's so many... Love heals. Love delivers. Love saves. Love gives us purpose. Love gives us hope. Love gives us joy. It's all rooted in love. And so God is pulling all things in. Now... What we got invited to is a forever love relationship between Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is it originated before the foundation of the earth. This passionate love, this love, the Father loves the Son, loves the Spirit. Each one loves the others. Each one defers to the others. You know, the Father says, Man, check out my son, he's amazing. Son says, You've got to know my dad, because I'm just like him. He's the one you want to know. Jesus says, oh, but wait for the Holy Spirit. He's going to rock your world. He is awesome. And the Spirit oh, the Spirit just says, you know what? I just want to tell you more about what Jesus said and who the Father is. That's what love looks like. Everybody deferring. Everybody really excited about who the other is and, and celebrating who they are. And they said, this is way too good to keep to ourselves. We're going to create some people. Father says this was always the plan. You can read about this in Ephesians 1, that you were planned before any of the world came into being. Because they already said, we've got to share this with someone. We've got to share this with ones that we're going to create in our own image. You have a, a soul and a spirit. We're going to breathe life into their spirit. And they're going to love like we love. But we're not going to make them love because that's not love. That's, going to, that's manipulation. We're just going to draw them into love until they can't stand it anymore. And they're just going to fall into love. And they're going to, they're going to, they're going to experience our love and then they're going to learn how to love each other. That's the plan. That's the kingdom plan. Now, in this analogy, our Blazing Fire family, this is the big circle is the whole sun, okay? And so this Blazing Fire family, we're getting drawn in by the, by the passionate love of God. But in this, in this environment, we want, I wanted to take a closer look who are we really? Well, what is Blazing Fire all about, really? Well, believe it or not, um, I came down with three words. Can you believe that? Because there's a lot of things we could say. 
But who are we really? What, what are we about really? What's the environment of blazing fire that is changing so many lives? The first is the presence, his presence, the presence of God. That this, this is first and foremost what blazing fire is about. If you were to ask me, what kind of church are you? I'd say, we're a presence church. We want his presence. We're hungry for his presence. We love his presence. When he shows up, yes. I, I know he's always here. Don't, you know, sometimes people theologically, they're like, I don't have a problem with what you're saying. Well, I, I can't explain why that is that he lives in us, but there's somehow when we gather together and corporately want him that something extra special goes on. I don't know all the reasons why. I just know it's true. So what is presence? Things like encountering. That word encountering, it's an active thing. We want to encounter the Father who's different from encountering Jesus, who's different from encountering the Holy Spirit. If you haven't figured that out yet, these are more fun places in your journey that you're going to get to go. Because they each got a different personality, believe it or not. Even though they're, they're one in, in the essence of who they are, which is love. Okay? Things like worship. We're going to do, we do lots of worship. And of course, that's not just corporate. But it's just in a lot of ways how we worship God, our passion that shows up, the intimacy with him. Intimacy is what? Into me see, right? We, As we get closer, as we learn to trust him, we're saying, God, I want to show you my heart and I want to know more about what's really inside of you. That's intimacy. And rest. Rest doesn't mean not doing anything. Rest means, God, you're good. And I get to rest in that. Even when things in my world seem to be falling apart, I'm going to learn how to rest and your nature that never changes. So that's the first one. The second one, and this is the one is, is supernatural. The second one is supernatural. And this is the one, when we got together as elders, this was the one that, that the Holy Spirit particularly breathed on. Just like that. He, he breathed on this one. It's not that we haven't been supernatural. Like, when did we ever stop praying for healing or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we stopped. But I want to tell you what, what, what I mean by supernatural. I, I believe that the Lord is saying to us, there, there are things that you could know, many more things about what's going on right now in heaven. If that were really your priority of wanting to, to press in to my heart and hear what's going on in heaven. See, there's, there's two realms going on, and the spiritual one is, is, is the far more significant one. It's just not one that we're used to tapping into unless it becomes something that we're starting to tune our ear into, okay? Things like, let me just give you some of these words, things like partnering with God and his angels, partnering with him. That means he's up to something, and we, we need to figure out what he's up to, Rather than saying, God, I want to do this. Would you bless that? He's really good at blessing. Believe me. But if you want to talk about getting in stride and feeling the breath on things, oh, that's about partnering with what he's up to. And I'll tell you what, the angels, his angels, are always up to what he's up to. Because they're on assignment from him. And they know who's, they know who that assignment came from. They're on it. Right? So we want to partner with God and his angels. Miracles power, things, seeing the impossible change because we were born to do that. The spiritual gifts, the ones in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and in other places. But yeah, but, but really honoring those, that they have a place. 
Revelation, uh, that, that again is, is about what, what's, what's going on right now, what's God saying right now, and then God's kingdom just breaking forth in so many ways. I, I want to unpack this one more next week, a little bit. We're going to have a guest speaker next week, and I'm, but I'm going to take a little bit of time to unpack a little bit more of the supernatural so that, because we're, we're throwing this out there, and I want to make sure that you understand what we're saying and, and what this is going to mean, though, what this is going to mean. In, in some ways, you might be thinking, okay, how's this going to change anything? All I can say is that when, we're, when God starts to redirect us again, and we start to become intentional with what he's asking us to focus in on, there are, there are shifts that start happening. One of the, one, and, and, and one of them, even as we gather, is, is more of an emphasis on, God, what are you saying right now? which means we get to put away some other things. If we had some other things planned, those get put away. It also means not coming with anything if we're not if we don't have something. This is let me just say this. I'm I want to say this a little clearer. Often I will get something from the Lord. Some some clear revelation, something that I know I'm supposed to share. And because um, because I can read the Bible, I, I can expound upon it, and it's good. It's good to do teaching. But there are times where I could have just stopped and told you the ten, the five minutes of what God told me, and then let's see where he wants to take it. What's that going to look like? And we've done that at times. Some of you who have been with us, you're like, well, that's not entirely new. Yeah, but there are times where, where we've been really, really intentional and we're saying, you know what? Those are the times when we got together and started remembering some of those times, that's when the tears were coming. We're like, oh, we remember how good that is. Yeah. We're getting some air going here. I'm feeling a little warm. Um, all right, so that's the supernatural. I'm going to unpack that a little bit more next week, um, and we will just continue to live this out. The third one is family. So we have presence, we have supernatural, and we have family. I want to remind you again, what are we talking about? This whole sun is is the blazing fire culture, the environment. What is it that we are cultivating here? The presence of God, the supernatural, listening in to what God is up to and partnering with him and doing it as a family. And we have talked a lot about family. Some of you are like, you know, I love what we're doing, but wow, we've talked a lot about family. (laughs) Why have we done that? Well, to be honest with you, it's taken a while. It takes a while. When a lot of us have not grown up in safe and healthy families, it takes a while for us to get it. It's not just going to come because you heard three messages. You know what I mean? here's some of the words you've heard us say over the last three years quite a bit. Words like being transparent with each other, authentic, vulnerable, intimate, where we're choosing connection instead of of separation from each other when things get hard, where there's healthy conflict resolution. What does that look like? Again, most of us did not have really good models growing up. Usually ours is, you know, just cut and run or scream louder or, you know what I mean? Like these are some of the things we learned. Um, and and uh, uh, the other side on the top, assuming the best. Like how do we assume the best about each other and not, um, that's part of just seeing the treasures in each other. So that we're creating a safe environment. And then the last one I put is home groups just because 
That's not the only place that 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 uh, family happens, but I am saying one of the reasons we keep encouraging you get involved in a small group somewhere is because that's one of those places where you're going to be known, and where you get to choose, where you get to practice these things more in a safe environment. So there you go. Those are the three. Now I hope some of you are saying, "But Brent, there's something missing there," because because really there is. But it's just that we couldn't, we couldn't put it on equal par with any of those things. And that is what we've already talked about. And that would be love. Because I, I gotta tell you, one of the things I hear more than anything else just about from Blazing Fire when people come here, if, even if they're new and even if the passion scares them a little or causes them to wonder what is going on here, who are these people? They will still say, but the love. The love here, you can cut it with a knife, undeniable. Remember Jesus said, it's by your love for one another that they will know, that they will know that I came from the Father. And I'm telling you, there's a world out there that's hungry for the real love, for the real thing. And so the love is the overarching everything. This is Colossians 3.14 that says, and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. I'm just taking it in right now, actually. <sighs> so, now here's... <laughs> this is a picture of the sun. I want to give you a, a, an idea of kind of what's going on in the center. Now, this is an uh, extremely simplified model of a gazillion uh, molecules of hydrogen that are flying around at breakneck speed interacting with this core at millions of degrees and so there's a fusing going on there is there is there is energy that is being generated like crazy in there check this out this is just a short clip it's pretty fascinating the first picture you're going to see is starting with the core right here 700 million tons of the universe's most common element, hydrogen, are converted into helium through nuclear fusion, giving off the energy that becomes photons, otherwise known as light. The sun's core is really hot, several tens of millions of degrees. And there, the temperatures are so high that protons, hydrogen nuclei, can come together, grab each other, fuse eventually into helium, and in this way, release energy. Do you get that? But are you getting it? Is your spirit getting this one? So we're bouncing around, around the Father's passionate, fiery love. And it says we're fusing together. There's this word the Bible calls unity. How do we get unity? We don't get unity by trying really hard to have unity. We get unity by, by actually just allowing ourselves to be loved and allowing his love to flow through us to one another. And out of that, these fusions, it produces energy. But it also said, from this comes the photons. Can everybody say light? You are the light of the world. Are you not? How are you the light? Because, because the more you interact with the Lord, 
it, it does something to you. But you know what's crazy? He never wanted this just to be about you and him only. He said, no, 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 that's not the plan. I wanted a family. And so I'm going to, I'm purposely making this where you're going to need to need each other. And there are times when you're not going to want to because somebody, somebody's going to hurt you. Even in a place like Blazing Fire, it happens. What? I, I don't like that that's true. But the thing is, is that we're, we are still in process and we still make mistakes and we still, can hurt each other sometimes with the things we say. And God says, God says, in this place, if you will continue to stay in here and, and continue to learn how to love and continue to choose to prefer each other, something's going to happen. You're going to be fusing. And there's so much elect, there's so much energy that's coming from this thing. And your light is going to shine so bright. Now from this, check this out. From this comes Solar flares. What this means is, we're, yes, we're in the, we're in the body of Christ. We're learning how to love. But a lot of times the church keeps it there. Well, we just like it in here, you know? God says, no, the thing is, is that you can't contain this. It is, it is, there's so much power. There's so much energy. There's so much light going on. It's got to burst forth. This solar flare, this picture of a solar flare, you have no idea how huge this is. But if you had the, the earth would be a, a little bigger than that dot. Maybe like about that big. That's how huge that thing is. I'm going to show you a movie of it in just a minute. These things are monstrous and they're sending stuff out at millions of miles per hour. Phenomenal. Now what is, so for us, what's a solar flare? This is our outward expression wherever we go. It cannot be contained here. This is, this, another word for this, this is our missions, right? Uh, you could be a missionary to your next door neighbor. You could be a missionary halfway around the world to your workplace, to your school. But this is, these solar flares are what, what is happening in here has got to burst forth. It has to, has to, has to burst forth. Another way of saying it, which has been really popularized lately, uh, that God, that the Holy Spirit is breathing on, is that we get to influence the seven mountains of society. Now, I'm not going to go into a long explanation because that's what it would take to really go into this, but let me just show you what they are. Spirituality in church is one. Another mountain is family. Another one is education. Government and law. Media and communication. Arts and entertainment. Business and finance. What this means is this, the dreams that God gave some people who have been, who have been expounding on this is that, um, these seven mountains are the ones that influence and mold society. And God said, I want my mountains back. Because over these mountains is, is one called the kingdom of God. It overrides all of these. And, and, and the enemy has tried to come in and steal some of these. And God says, no more. My, my church is going to wake up. Now understand that church, spirituality in church, it is one of the mountains, right? It means it's significant. It is one of the molders of society. But the church has thought it's the only molder, and that's not true. Otherwise, all of you ought to aspire to, I guess we need about, you know, 150 pastors here. You know what I mean? If that's the only, if that's the only place where we influence society. But that's not true. God has placed you where he wants you, where to influence all of these. So I want to share, um, oh, I'm going to share the, the video now. 
Again, when you think of the size of that thing, I'm just, I'm awestruck sometimes. This is what, this is what God says. He says, just as impressive as those are, so are you. See, we don't understand how, how significant we are, how, how much He wants, uh, our lights to shine. But it's, but it's, uh, He says, you are that, Check this out. God says to us, especially as we go forth, you are my wow. You are my wow on the earth. Here's another amazing thing about this. On the surface of the earth, they say it's tens of thousands of degrees. Okay? Out on the outer edge of that solar flare, they say it's millions of degrees. And they can't exactly figure out why why it would be hotter going away. I know why. Using our analogy, because I'm telling you, when you go out with this stuff, you're bringing the heat out there, and God says, that I'm going to blow fire on, because I want you out there. So what are some of our distinctives, our solar flares? Um, This is for blazing fire. Now, understand, this is not all-inclusive, but if you're asking me, what's kind of our DNA? Who are we really? What are these solar flares? This is what I would say. Prayer and intercession. And, and I'm going to define them. Communicating with God, hearing His heart, and using our voices in proclamations and declarations to release heaven on earth because agreement with God matters. So um, there's so much I could say about this, but, but prayer and intercession I see as one of the distinctives of blazing fire. Another one is prophecy. Now, um, specifically, prophecy is, is um, for blazing fire. Calling out the treasures in people by discerning and speaking the true voice and heart of God. So we've got to discern what's God's voice and speaking that. And we do this to build up, to encourage, and to help bring clarity and fullness to God's purpose for their lives the lives of these people that we're calling out the treasures. And the eagle, eagle's nest prophecy, the reason why I put that up there is because there was a prophecy, uh, I believe it was Bob Jones originally, it talked about a 500, was it, now I'm not remembering, was it 500 mile radius around, around Bethel as one of the places where God was saying, I'm, this is an eagle's nest here. Eagle's nest meaning specifically breathing on the prophetic, calling those who have the prophetic gifting and, and, and helping them to fly. And last time Leif Hetland was here, he called us an eagle's nest. It's one of the things that might have just flown right past you. No pun intended, actually. But, but we were called that. So I want to say I've had amazing conversations, fun conversations, not only with our elders, but with Bill Hernandez, with Joel, who are, who are overseeing our prophetic teams. We are all seeing we are going to a whole different place in the prophetic. Not because... Not because we're so, um, you know, brilliant to do that. It's because it's God's time. He's saying, church, you got it. You got it that my heart is to encourage. 
now I'm going to give you some specifics and some, and some direction that's going to blow your socks off. Like when you start telling people, they're going to say, how could you know that? And I'm going to say, and he says, I'm going to start putting you in front of kings. I'm going to put you in front of presidents of companies. What will you say to them? I'll tell you what you're going to say because you've been trained up. Now, for some of you who have not been trained up yet, we're going to have plenty of training. But I'm also telling you, for those who have been, he's taking us to whole new levels. I'd like to say more, but I can't. Healing. I can't just because of time, that's all. Receiving healing from Jesus, and this is, again, another solar flare. Receiving healing from Jesus and releasing his healing everywhere we go. This is, this is both physical healing. Uh, we've seen hundreds of people healed physically here. And emotional and healing of the heart. I wrote down healing rooms and a healing center because specifically Susan has a, a great passion to, to um, with the campus that we will have, to have a place for healing rooms, but also a healing center that incorporates many different areas of healing, um, not just spiritual healing and, uh, and not just the physical healing, but all kinds of the healing that's available to us from the Lord. I'm, I, that's her vision. I don't have time tonight to get into it, but we will hear it again at some point. Another one, another flare is evangelism. Now, this is introducing pre-believers to the real Jesus, reconciling them as sons and daughters to their heavenly Father through kindness, love, and power. Now, some of you might be saying, well, isn't all of it evangelism? Well, that's it's true. Uh, but specifically, some of you might be saying, well, I don't really feel like I... I, I don't prophesy much. I don't pray for healing much yet. I'll put the word yet on for you, okay? But there, but that, but there's, you get to still be kind. You still get to love people. You still get to share Jesus with people. The people in the next cubicle over whose life is falling apart and they, and they suddenly open up their heart to you. There's a reason why God caused that to happen to you and you will be telling them about Jesus and they're going to want him. Children and youth re, uh, revival culture. Todd, massive passion for for uh, Karina and Todd both. But I but I've talked to Todd who has just a specific dream and passion for what this revival culture looks like with these young people. Nori is here somewhere, and she has similar. There's Nori. She has similar passions that she has described about seeing our kids. Uh, raised up in this culture of revival. If you've not been into our children or our youth, um, if you've never been, you know, tucked your head in to see what they do, it's not your typical Sunday school or youth group. I'll just say that. Meaning they're going after it. They're going after the deeper things of the Spirit, and they're teaching our kids and our youth to go for it. And here's, here's the definition I give. Young burning ones changing the face of the earth with their zeal and their love for Jesus. And that the phrase we've used so often, our ceiling is their floor. They don't have to start all over again. Where we've gone and what it's taken us pain to get there, they get to move from there on up. Amen? And the very last one is, uh, is City Impact. And this is one you have not heard us say very often. God loves cities, so get his heart for your city. And then do something to bless it and usher in God's kingdom. For so long, we have been shying away from this because, to be honest, about 12 people from this whole church live in Pleasanton. I think that's going to change significantly. I think that's going to change significantly because the 12 of us just got together this last week. Not all 12, but most of us could get together. And we worshiped and then we interceded and listened to the heart of God and began to pray heaven to earth for Pleasanton. 
Because what I realized is, I'm like, I kept thinking, well, how do you do City Impact? Because you're from everywhere else around the Bay. And I said, oh, I know exactly how. I need to be true to what God's called me to. There's a reason why he called me to Pleasanton. And as we go after it and are passionate about it, we're going to make you jealous. And you're going to say, I want to reach my city like that. And we're going to say, do it. Here's how you do it. Start gathering with some people around you. Start praying, hearing what God's saying. Do what he says and watch what happens. So city impact. God loves cities. He does. It's all through scripture. And one last one, just to question mark solar flare. And what I, the reason why I put that up there is because as you commit yourself to belonging to this blazing fire family, you may have passions and gifts that in time and with others, remember we said we're bound, you know, bouncing off of each other here, be, becomes another solar flare. The kingdom of God is so expansive. Some of our solar flares exist because of certain individuals who came in with that passion. That's why it exists. Suzanne and I did not have all those passions when we started. In other words, if I could go back to that history of Blazing Fire Church, the different touch points, I wish I added one more slide, and maybe I will for another time. But the slide I would add is this. The date you decided that this was your home. Because when something in your heart changes and you said, wow, I think I'm done window shopping. I think I, think I want to belong here. You start adding to the culture what, what your passions are starts impacting who we are. Because that's what a family is. It's not just about you know, a handful of leaders and what, and what, and what we want to go after. It's true that you have to see what our hearts are to see, wow, do I kind of fit here? But for those of you who've been here a while, it's because you fit here. (laughs) It's because you like what we're going after, but I'm saying you get to add your part and it's important. It's really important. So in, in kind of ending this portion, I want to do this. I'm going to show you about, I'm going to show you a clip of the sun. And it's going to show the whole thing again. But, I, but here's what I want you to do as you're watching this. I want you to allow the Spirit to draw you in not, uh, of the immensity, the immensity of God's love for you, what you're alive to do, and also what you're a part of. You know, that you're a part of something that's making a huge difference. And you're going to see these solar flares. I want your imaginations to start going with this of what, what am I alive to do? How am I supposed to take this out? Because you very well may be part of a, of a solar flare, something that becomes a blazing fire distinctive in, in the not-too-distant future. But just let your, let your minds and your hearts go there here.
impressive, pretty awesome. And God says, yeah, that's how I see you. You are my shining lights. I forgot to mention right there when I was looking at the solar flares, fascinating. They're, they're massive beyond anything we can imagine, you know, hundreds of times the size of the earth, shooting out at millions of miles per hour. But did you notice how most of it got sucked right back in? That's that gravitational pull. It is so strong, it, it gets shot out with, with, you know, velocity, with incredible velocity. But the love pulls you back in. Now there's some bits and particles that go out for sure. And I even, I even liken that to, to uh, you know, there, there are some people in Blazing Fire who've gone and, and shot out. And then one of those times they just kept going. You know, some of the people that have gone other places and taken this passionate fire love with them. And, and, and for a lot of us, we just get sucked back in. We experience more of the passion and we keep going back out. Um, in, in three weeks, we're going to talk about the covenant of belonging to our Blazing Fire family. So I, I hope I've given you some real things to think about. I love that actually you got some time to ponder some of this because, because really what we're asking in a few weeks is we're saying, do you, um, if you want to be part of, of us, um, and, and part of belonging to this, we want to, we want to know, I, I, covenant is God's idea and it's scary for a lot of reasons for us. But for some reason, when we, when we make a public, you know, ch- decision, there's something that shifts in the spirit realm. And I'm going to talk a lot more about that in a couple of weeks. So that's in three weeks on, on Saturday, February 28th. So we're, we're covenanting to belonging to the family, but also to where we're going together in a, in a vision together in God's vision for us, his revelation for us. Excuse me. So that's um, our regular worship time, 6 to 9, similar to tonight. Sometime after that, meaning it's going to be at different times, an elder or an overseer is going to be visiting uh, most home groups or small groups, almost all of them, let me put it that way, for you to process the information and to ask questions. So I want to let you know ahead of time that's our plan because in a group setting, I mean, a large group like this, you do, you know, you're left to just sit and process by yourself. What if you have questions? So, so we're going to give you that opportunity. We're, we're going to just take one meeting from each, each home group and encounter and all the other groups that are out there. Okay. Um, let's do this. And you, you, you've been awesome. The next thing we're going to do is the building. Um, share some amazing, cool things about the building search that we're at. But let's take about 30 seconds, do a little wiggle thing, stand up if you need to. Please don't go anywhere. We're going to start this really quick, just just real quick. Okay, let's come back. Hey, hey, Blazing Fire, come on back. Yoo-hoo. All right. Thank you. That was, that was good. Y'all feeling alive again? All right. Okay. So here we go. This is kind of the second half, second part. Not quite half. This will be less time than the other one was. Uh, first of all, I want to introduce you to um, two guys that I have been spending a lot more time with lately because they have been helping me out immensely as part of this building search. And that would be these two handsome guys. (laughs) 
See, heaven celebrates you guys. Woohoo! Fireworks and everything. <laughs> so there's Clayton and there's Joe, and they're both going to come up a little later at different points and, and share a little bit with you. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with the first little bit of this and uh, turn it over fairly quickly. So um, I wanted to start here. I wanted to ask the the question: Why why do we need a place of our own? All right. Um, some, some of the obvious things. We, we, we have been wanting a place for God to be himself. That's actually a word that he gave us while we were spending time with the Lord. He's like, I want a place where I can be myself. Doesn't that just like, oh, I want that. I want that. And a place where we get to enjoy that presence and his presence transforms us. It's a place to learn what the supernatural Christian life looks like. You know, we talk about living life, living the supernatural life, but you know what? Let's be real. If it, unless it's like something you just suddenly wake up one morning and, and you just know how to operate fully in all the gifts, it's something we gotta actually learn and practice among safe people who love each other. So it's a place to do that. It's, uh, it, there's room and unrestricted time to pursue our dreams. I want to tell you, and I'm not using any of you who've been around us a while, I'm not using this as an excuse because there have been times where we have rented four and five facilities at the same time to do the things we needed to do. But I am telling you that there are certain things we still have on the shelf, some big dreams that we have on the shelf waiting for when we will have a place of our own. Um, A safe place for pre-believers and prodigal sons and daughters to come home and belong because this is about people, not a building. Can I underscore this one again? This is about people, not a building. If, If this was about a building, then once we have it, we've arrived. And that becomes our identity. And some people have been afraid of that when in talking to us. Like, please don't. You know, we've seen some churches, you get a building, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, cool, we made it. We arrived. Uh, believe me. I think after 13 years, and actually it's been 17 years with two church plants, without my own building, I, I am long past the, uh, the, um, you know, the illusion that somehow getting a building is going to cause us to arrive. Long past that. Um, and so... Uh, I want to say this. This is the last thing, I, and then I'm going to turn it over actually to Clayton right away. But I want to say this. We are heading into a a, um, a revival, a worldwide revival. We're heading into uh, uh, the, what am I trying to say? I'm sorry. Sons and daughters, as we just said, coming in, but in waves, in waves. We're we are, we are arriving upon that time. We've been praying for it for so long. And sometimes sometimes when you pray for something a long time, you're thinking, it's just, just me. But there's way too many things that have happened, including Bob Jones going to be with the Lord February 14th and some of the other uh, uh, prophecies we've talked about. But here, here's the thing, is that uh, we we've got to have a safe place for these people to come home to because they will. And as we are, I'm telling you something, we, with three hours, three hours a week here together, we have to really choose what we're going to do because even though three hours may seem like a long time, it's it's the one time we have. What's going to happen when there's not one worship team but many, and we're not doing one one worship set but many, when the the goal is the presence and then the supernatural and doing it as a family, what's gonna what's that gonna look like? I'm telling you, there, there, at different times in history, as God has has heard the cries and, and and started to get drawn into our affection for Him, wild things happen. 
people start, oh, I saw a fire over your building and, you know, the fire department comes. There was no fire. It was just they saw it in the spirit. People get drawn in from miles around. These things do happen. Now, again, they're not drawn in as in, as in this is the end point. They get drawn into a safe family where they can get healed up and be who they really are. And then they get to start being part of those solar flares. Do you see how this works? Clayton, come on up here. He's going to give you some more. Okay, actually, so we're just going to start talking about giving you an update about this whole building search process. And uh, I just want to start by continuing on from uh, where, uh, where Brett mentioned. Uh, I guess we didn't... So after an exhaustive survey of exactly one person, I feel the main reason we really want to find our own facility is so that poor Todd doesn't have to encourage us to leave at 10 o'clock, okay? <laughs> so we want this to be a thing of the past, right? <laughs> so the goal of all of this is so Todd can retire his bullhorn, okay? <laughs> so just to put this into us another perspective, I mean, I love what Brent just mentioned about why we want our own place, but let's also look at uh, what I may think of as the negative or the challenging side. Um, so, um, you know, we thank God for all the places we've been to. Um, but it's been challenging, right? So there are some limitations. There are some challenges by not having our own place. And this is just a few of them. You know, we're, we're subject to somebody else's schedule. We can't stay as long as we want. We can't have the meetings that we may want because it's not available. It's not our place. We're subject to their schedule. Um, and we have limited access for some of our teams on when they can meet and how long and things like that. Um, or Todd's bullhorn. You know, what if the Holy Spirit comes or when he comes and we've got folks out on the floor and then Todd's got to go up with his bullhorn and say, sorry, we have to leave. So, you know, the Holy Spirit will help you out of the room. But you know, it's just, you know, we want to have those times of just soaking in his presence. And there were times and... And Brent's brought it up, you know, about our history. There are times of just doing late nights and just, you know, enjoying the Spirit's presence. And we want the freedom uh, for us to enjoy those times again. Um, we've, Brent has mentioned, I didn't even realize, we've, he's had to forego some speakers uh, because we don't have, you know, a room available or a church available on the nights that they're coming through town. Uh, and so I love the folks that have been speaking, but we've actually missed out on opportunities because we don't have our own place. Um, we've often had to, you know, change locations. And so, you know, God bless, you know, Brent and the elders and the folks who have helped at each point because, you know, we've been nomadic over these last 13 years trying to find different places. And God's been faithful, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, logistically, it's a challenge, uh, and we'd rather not have to. Um, and then another thing is that the, the church office, the church administrative office, has been in the locker's home for the last 13 years. So wouldn't we like to free up the locker's house so that they could actually have their whole house, right? So wouldn't that be another awesome benefit of our own place? Okay. <laughs> Suzanne's saying, preach it, yes. <laughs> 
So this is just kind of Brent's list again. You know, this is from a logistical standpoint. You know, why do we want our own place? One of the main reasons is that 24-7 access. We have the flexibility and the freedom to use and, and to follow God's leading, to be able to use the place or to share our resources and our facility with those that God, uh, you know, leads us to. And just hosting his presence, as God, as Brent said, you know, that's just awesome. And uh, to, f- to give us the, f- the ability to fulfill more of the dreams that God's placed within the elders and within each one of us as we come up with these passions for these various solar flares and things like that and ways we can share God's love. Uh, another example Brent shared the other night was also a base that we can launch from. If you're like a solar flare, like a homeless ministry or something, instead of having to go to Terry's house to assemble stuff to go out uh, to the homeless, we could actually have our own facility where we could house uh, resources where we could assemble things and go out into the community and to share uh, God's resources. So, uh, you know, those are just a few reasons why. Uh, what I'd like to do, too, is just another kind of history. This is different than Brent's history. So this is kind of the history of our renting. Okay, so if you think about it, over the last 13 years, um, number one, and most of all, God has been so gracious and so faithful and providing, you know, just various places. We've had great hosts. We've had great locations. You know, Di and I, and I'm sure many of you, you know, would agree, we have been amply blessed uh, over the years in each of these places. Um, and so, uh, number one, uh, two takeaways. Uh, as I go through this list, I'd like you to think about it. Number one is just kind of silently thanking God for his faithfulness over these years. And number two, kind of silver lining. For those of you that have been around for a number of years, you've seen enough locations and enough churches and enough sanctuaries. Um, so you kind of know, as we go to our own place, what do you like? You know, what do you like about certain buildings? What do you not like about certain facilities? And we have some influence over that. Not complete, but some influence over that um, as we look for our own place. So just think about that. So, as Brent mentioned, you know, we started and we've used a variety of houses, not only for the church services and home groups, and so thank you for those that have volunteered your own places, or like the Folklers having uh, sozos at their houses, and, uh, you know, just, you know, we've, you know, those, that's to make up for the fact that we can't use a place midweek. Um, but we have rented, and we have rented a lot of churches for our worship services, but also, you may or may not be aware, we've rented other facilities for wildfire in the middle of the week, for... Um, the, for the, uh, the tra- Kingdom Training School, or the Supernatural, uh, we've had to, when we have conferences, we've r- uh, rented a number of churches. They're kind of listed for you on the right-hand side there, just a trip down memory lane. Or since a picture's worth a thousand words, here's a few pictures. So do you remember Good News Fellowship or going in Dublin or um, Harvest Valley? Actually, we were at Harvest Valley twice, so I'll show it to you twice, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We were at Parkway Fellowship, not only for, you know, a time for worship, but also we've used it for kingdom training. Uh, what's next? Church on the Hill, now called Bayside Church up in San Ramon. We were there for a while, uh, kingdom training in the evenings. Uh, Sunset Community Church in Livermore. Um, Center Point here, you know. Hey, and these are just, those are primarily the churches we've met at and worshipped at on a Saturday you know, here's just a sampling of the other places. Like, I don't know if anybody recognizes the church on the far left. Anybody remember that? That is Celebration. We've used that for some of our conferences, right? Uh, Kingdom Training, the, the building um, renting out the Northern California Bible College over on the second floor there. Um, 
wildfires met in the another room over there at uh, Church on the Hill. And uh, also, the rightmost one is uh, is the what the Alameda Fair, County Fairground, where we've had the youth uh, the youth rally conference. So, yeah. So we've had some great places, uh, and we thank God for all of those, right? But you're probably wondering, so what kind of churches do you want, okay? You're probably, so. So if that's your style, I don't know that I can say that we've seriously considered those styles, okay? But, but you know, on the other side of the stream, we, we've considered, you know, what about some other types of churches, buildings, Okay. The little white country church, or the little rustic one, or the mod, uh, modern one down below. So those are all possibilities, and sure. <laughs> you know, the advantage, just like for those of you that look for a home, when you're looking for your own building, great. You can dream, and you can dream about what you like and what you don't like, okay? So there are those possibilities. But you're probably asking, seriously, you know, <laughs> what are you really looking for? <laughs> so let's just give you an idea of that, okay? So here's a kind of summary. Number one, what are we really considering? What we'd like to look for is some building that's roughly 10 to 12,000 square feet, um, which would provide not only room for the sanctuary, but for offices, for, um, for classrooms and training, uh, you know, for a kitchen, for things like that. So, you know, that's all together. The building would be roughly 10 to 12,000 square feet. Okay. Just to put that into a little bit of perspective, um, if you look around this room, this is roughly 4,000 square feet. Okay. For those of you uh, who have been and have a recent memory or have that memory of like sunset, that was about six, its sanctuary was about 6,000 square feet. Okay. So that'll give you an idea of some of the size of what we're looking at. Okay. And so this is not just the sanctuary though. I'm just giving you the last two churches or the 4,000 here. This is just the sanctuary. Overall, we're looking for a building that's roughly that size. Okay. Um, is, and ideally, we're looking in Pleasanton, uh, just because that's where it started. That's where the lockers and their heart and where a lot of the prophecies have been about revival starting and stuff. But we are looking at nearby areas, um, you know, Dublin or places like that, somewhere along the 580, 680 corridor, ideally. Um, so, we, you know, those are kind of the general parameters we've given to, to a broker who is helping us look for, you know, opening, open facilities. Uh, what kind of options are we looking at? We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, we are looking at leasing, and, you know, you're thinking, wow, leasing, why would you do that? Because we're renting already, so why would you look at a lease? Well, if our goal is about having our own place and having access to that with the flexibility, then a lease would provide us that, okay? We are paying, you know, it is, uh, we're paying month to month, but at least we have the facility on our own. Ideally, we want to purchase and have our own place and have that flexibility to you know, use that as we as we would, as well as to have equity and other things like that. Um, and in the meantime, I'm also going to outline some other creative things. But you know, as we get to the finances, we're looking at other alternatives. We will consider a lease to own, uh, and we may end up in a situation like that. So we're open to that, and we we are looking at those very op- various options. But we are uh, asking our broker right now to look for not only um, places we can purchase, but also places that are open for lease. Okay. So as it mentions there, um, we are looking for some of the typical options. So naturally, it'd be great if we could purchase another church building because that already has a sanctuary, that already has offices and classrooms. It's already built out typically to the sort of use patterns that we would look, like, look for. Unfortunately, it's not really common for a lot of churches to come on the market in real estate. There are a few, 
Uh, none have come up in the, in the area and the parameters that we're looking for. Uh, well, actually, one did, but um, so far, the few that we've seen have not worked out. Um, but that is a possibility if God so opens that up. Another thing is we're looking, most of the properties, as you'll see in a minute, are pictures of offices. We've generally been looking at office buildings. And by office buildings, usually what we're looking for is what's sometimes called light industrial, which means a portion of it has been built out for offices, and then we can leverage that for both church offices as well as classrooms. And then sometimes there's a warehouse space. Usually with the warehouse space, it's less finished and there's a vaulted ceiling, and that's easier for us to convert into a sanctuary. Okay, unless you all would like a, a sanctuary with like an eight foot ceiling. No, please. Okay. So, <laughs> so in general, that's what we're looking for is a, a light industrial space with both office space and, and a warehouse space. We have flexibility to build it out in most cases to our specifications, but the less we have to change, the less cost there is there. So we'd like to find some place as close as possible to what we're looking for. We're also open to other creative situations. So, um, you know, we're open to seeing how God leads and how uh, folks, if you have ideas, we're always open to them. A few things that have been suggested are, um, you know, we share the expense. If we were to sublease, you know, portions of it to other small businesses or ministries or things like that, that could provide an income stream that could help offset our own costs. That's a possibility. Um, if we set up a community center, um, that wouldn't be an income stream, but that would be sharing and being a resource to Pleasanton or to the whole community. Um, so that's another possibility of being, you know, living that out and being a solar flare within our own facility. Uh, other creative solutions, if we were to set up our own business, like a restaurant or a coffee house, um, that could be, you know, another uh, sort of sort of thing. You know, what would be great is, you know, if we could staff it with Blazing Fire folks who would have the culture, then we would have staff folks who had the love, who could share the love with the patrons, and people wouldn't just come for the food or for the coffee, but they could really be touched along the way too. So that, they're all possibilities. Or uh, as Brent uh, mentioned, Chuck McCallum, oh, actually, he, for the conference, but he's actually somebody who's been helping us and advising us. Um, he's come up with some of the, uh, he's also helped other churches with their building search process and he's come up with some creative solutions like um, taking a building and uh, condoizing it, uh, kind of not turning it into a residential condominium, but taking that idea, taking the building itself and trying to purchase just the building. Uh, and if the owner is willing, they would retain still the land and retain some rights and some income from that, but it could reduce our cost. Um, so we're looking at all sorts of creative solutions. Just to give you a feel for some places that we're looking for, um, just showing you a few different um, light industrial buildings that we've looked at around the area. Um, I'm not going to tell you where or these addresses, so you don't have to go driving to these places and looking at them and knocking at the door and saying, hi, I'd like to look this over before we buy your facility. No, please don't do that, okay? <laughs> what we want to do is just give you a feel for a few of them. Um, for instance, this one is an industrial part. Great, you know, doesn't look like, that look like a nice facade, um, and it does. It's a nice building, but uh, there are some limitations. We don't know um, whether it, it, it looks um, like it's a lot of office space and not a lot of warehouse space. Um, it's in the middle of a building, so it's not very expandable, and we don't know whether there's much children's space there. Uh, not much parking either, but, you know, it's a very nice space. Uh, here's another one in another industrial park. It doesn't look like much, but where that photo is, sta where you're standing from is in the middle of a large parking lot, so at least lots of parking, uh, mostly office space. Uh, and a little warehouse, so something we're possibly considering. Um, 
Here's one that actually is a, a small church. This is actually currently a church um, that's actually near where we had um, Kingdom Training once. Um, that was a possibility, but the facility we don't believe is large enough, but it, it was a possibility. So this is another church that came up for sale uh, from, another, from, from, another, from an acquaintance of uh, Brent's. This is another industrial building, um, you know, so you can see the parking lot outside. It's okay. This one might actually have not only one, but possibly kind of a mezzanine, possibly one or two levels, um, decent warehouse space in the back. But again, not much for the children. Uh, here's one that we're looking at. Not much to see from the front, but this one is a combination, again, of both office space in the front and a fairly large warehouse space in the back. Uh, this one in particular, just to share a short story, um, as we were looking around, um, it ended up the current resident, or not resident, the current tenant there actually was very nice and actually let us come in and actually showed us around the building and kind of gave us some of the history of that place. Um, so actually there are some, it looks very promising on the inside, has a small yard in the back that we actually could turn into a playground space for the children. So this is one possibility. Um, and here's another one. This is in another industrial space down by, uh, down by 680 and the, and the fairgrounds. Um, this one has a large open space for a sanctuary, has currently been gutted out, um, and so it could be built out to our specifications. So hopefully that just gives you a little bit of a feel for some of the possibilities of what we're looking for. We're going to see more of Clayton in just one moment. Um, this is that same building looking on the inside. So sometimes when we go in, you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, I don't, oh, it doesn't look like a place I'd want to go. You, you have to look at this and see this. Which might look, you're like, that looks an awful lot like our Christmas party we just had here. <laughs> and it is. But I'm just telling you the sizes were the same. It's just sometimes our minds can't see it. So you have to picture that. you got to picture people worshiping in there and all that fun stuff. Here's that same building looking in a different direction. So you see offices and a hangout spot for youth. I mean, these are the things we see when we're looking at it. So what would we do? Uh, what would we do in our facility? Lots of passionate worship, soaking times in the sweet presence of God, intercessory prayer, calling heaven to earth. All kinds of equipping classes, things like prophecy, healing, our sound techs, uh, uh, training, writing, the arts, communication skills, parenting, um, marriage, you know, marriage tools. I, I mean, I could just go on and on. It just, I'm just giving you a few ideas. What else would go on? Healing rooms, heart sync, healing center, uh, in-depth study of the Bible. Some of you are like, where's the Bible studies? Man, we would love to have more of those. Some of you are like amazing Bible study teachers. You know what? We can have some of those. Um, here's some more. Home group leader training. T- a teenage hangout spot and worship after school. Tutoring and homeschooling together. These are some of the things we were throwing around. Counseling. Uh, training events for church pastors and ministry leaders. That's going to continue. We're going to continue to reach out to other churches. School of the Supernatural in some form, a coffee area, a book media store, and a resource for the community. Whatever we do, we're going to be a resource for the community in some way. All right? We're not just supposed to be inward only. And that's it. Clayton, get Bond back up here. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's give you a little bit of an idea about the financials. Um, so we've just worked out some simple numbers about um, leasing versus owning just to give you an idea. Uh, so, for instance, under a lease scenario, if we had that 12,000-square-foot building, most of the uh, buildings in the area, are, we're looking at roughly $1.50 to $1.85 uh, per square foot. That's kind of just the going rate, which comes up, brings our monthly rent to 18000 to $22,000 per month, okay? Um, just to give you some perspective on that, historically, we've usually spent a few thousand uh, on on um, on rental, on monthly rental, or at the peak, like like Brent said, when we've rented a bunch of places, that's gone up as high as like six thousand. But that is a great deal more than we have spent in the past. Uh, but it's for the advantage of having our own place. Okay, for a build out, um, that's just wide open. A, a rough estimate. Uh, is that sometimes building out a place to your specifications can run anywhere from $35 to $80 per square foot, just depending on the, the, how fancy we want to get. I took roughly just the average, saying $50, um, $50 a square foot, which would bring the build out around five or $600,000. Um, so it just depends on what we need to do. Um, as well as, you know, there would be costs for insurance and maintenance and utilities and things like that. On the other hand, a purchase... There we go. Most of the places that we're looking at in that size, 12,000 square feet, are running about $2.5 million. Okay? That number's off a little bit because um, we're also including the $25,000 it'll probably cost us in closing cost. Okay? So we're looking at roughly $2.5 million. Down payments for churches typically run actually 30% uh, because most financiers just feel churches uh, are kind of a special condition and need they need a little bit more assurance about the finances. So roughly that's three-quarters of a million dollars as a down payment. Now, God may lead us to another place that has different terms and different financing, um, but that's the assumptions we're going under right now. Also, for mortgage, uh, we're re- estimating 7%. Again, you're thinking, wow, I'm not paying 7%. The rates aren't near 7%. But again, churches have run historically anywhere from 7 to 9 I think 5 to 9% has been what our broker has suggested. So we're simply taking the average for now. God willing, we'll get a much better rate, but we have to go on historical assumptions for now. Also, um, uh, typically banks haven't gone with 30-year mortgages. Roughly churches are 10- or 15-year mortgages. And so that would bring our our cost to um, 15 or 21,000, okay? So that just gives you a feel for it. Now, we realize in the midst of all this that, um, you know, these numbers are big, um, and we don't... Well, we do want to just kind of emphasize that, um, you know, if you see this, uh, yes, buying is better. It's slightly less probably per month. Um, the cost of less per month, we will build up equity in the building, um, but it's just a lot more money up front. So again, even though um, leasing isn't our ideal, uh, we are looking at some options like possibly leasing to own. It's probably one of the options we're looking at. Okay, so... That leads us all to, because there's money involved, um, your part matters. And it's not just about the money, but it's about our support and our, our, our coming together as a family in general. So, number one, there's a number of things that we'll need. Um, and first of all, there's prayer. Uh, and so we realize these are big numbers, and we may not have that. In fact, as it says there right now, thankfully, many of you have contributed to um, to a building fund. But the building fund isn't quite what we need for a down payment. It's we have two hundred thousand there, and that's good. Uh, but we may need. We're definitely going to need more than that for a down payment. Okay, as well as for everything, uh, the rest of the you know the rest of the cost, the monthly payments, and things like that. 
Um, really briefly, I just want to take a quick aside to just share a quick verse. I was uh, in my Bible reading. I came across Exodus 25, and basically it's God telling Moses how to build the tabernacle, and he calls forth people to donate. And he, he asked for people to give a lot of things, not only money, gold and silver and brass and things like that, but also things like materials, like, uh, like materials to build the, uh, uh, the uh, curtains with and um, spices um, for incense and things like that. Um, and so uh, a few takeaways I got from this brief reading is, number one, God had a plan and he guided Moses. And that's what we want to do, too. God has a plan for what he wants for blazing fire, and we're looking to him for how he wants us and what he's calling us to do. Um, and so there's a variety of ways that God called for the people to participate and to contribute, whether that was money or materials or skills, and actually Joe will get to that in a minute. Um, those things are all involved. But verse 2, Exodus 25-2, was important. It says, you know, these are offerings that you will receive from them uh, so that everyone who gives, oh, here it is, Everyone whose heart prompts them to give is the phrase there. And so we want you to ask God and to give or to participate as God leads. Okay? But most of all, what's promising is in Exodus 25, 8, it mentions that God says, and then have them make me a sanctuary and I will dwell among them. And that's exactly what Brent was just talking about. We want a place where God's presence will dwell and we want to build it and enable it together. Okay? So, um... And, and one other great thing he mentioned in one of our meetings was, as we take steps towards God's heart and where he's told us to go, he'll meet us. And so we want to go both taking those uh, steps of, we want to take those steps of faithfulness, but we also are looking to God for him to come through and for him to be faithful and miraculous. You know, let's pray for the miracles. Let's pray for um, miraculous financing and things like that. Um, but we are trying to take steps of faith along the way. So let, you might be asking yourself, what are ways that you may see yourself um, possibly participating? So number one, pray about it. You know, ask God uh, to show you what is your part of his plan in all of this. And you may make it practical. Here's a couple of examples up there. If you can think of it in terms of if it comes down to finances, you know, maybe you can contribute. And there'll be things like you contribute towards buying a chair <laughs> or you know, $200 would buy a square foot of the property. You know, um, and or 2,000 would buy 10 square feet. You know, there are just different forms that you could think about contributing along the way. Or, hey, if God blesses you with a big inheritance, then $3 million donation will buy the whole building. And we thank you very much, okay? <laughs> but along the way, too, we'll all try various things. If you want to try your own garage sale or... You know, Joel was great last week and had a bake sale to try to raise some funds towards it. Whatever you want to do creatively, um, again, just as God prompts your heart, we just appreciate everything that you would want to do towards that. Um, if you have money in the bank that you've invested, um, you can uh, give a lump sum. You can. Blazing Fire has a um, has an account with Schwab and and uh, can take stock donations, and so you can be creative in your giving if you need to. Um, now, one thing I'd like to warn is, or the elders would like to remind you, is the building fund is separate, and they would appreciate it if, you know, you would just continue to give generously as you normally would to the regular ongoing work of the church. What we're doing is we're praying about further, you know, what is the extra that we may want to give or to sacrifice towards enabling uh, the building and kind of the future vision going on here, okay? 
And then um, the last thing is, um, you know, if you have some practical skills, um, then we'd love to see how you can contribute towards that. And so, actually, I'd like to call up Joe here, and he'd like to give you a few words about that. Oh, there you're sitting. Thanks. So... Those guys are amazing speakers. That's, that's really good. Um, yeah. You know, I, was, I was listening to uh, Clayton. You know, he talked about light industrial. That's, that's perfect for us because we are the light, right? Right? All right. Um, you know, Christ is in us. I just want to uh, just ask for uh, God's wisdom in this. And um, Christ is in us. And... You know, we're partnering with him to have this, you know, come to uh, fruition here. Um, um, you know, part of that is like we all have skills here, different skills, and um, that's one of the reasons why I'm up here. Um, there's another, I think, slide. Tap it. Wow. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. No, I don't want that one. I'm really good at this. Huh? All right. Okay, well, anyway, our, our email is supposed to be up there, but that's... Oh, it's right. Mine's right there. All right. All right. Okay, so we got skills. I'm trying to hurry up here. Let's see. Um, so moving forward, uh, you know, it's, it, it involves many aspects and... Um, uh, most likely, when we come into a place, we're going to have to do some sort of remodeling. And um, there's certain skills that I'm up here to ask you if if you have them in construction-related field that you would let me know. Um, and I mean, everybody has different types of skills for different different moments, and um, we value all that here at Blazing Fire. So if you don't have those particular skills, that doesn't there's no, nothing nothing bad with that. So so you know. Um, you know, everybody has their own um, skills, and um, you know, God moves through different ways, uh, through different people. And um, you know, I was, I had um, in my, oh boy, I'm really blowing this here, but um, okay, thank you. My wife was telling me if you ever want to come up and speak to someone, a group is blazing fire. So this is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I was reading in Exodus uh, uh, chapter 14. It's when the uh, Israelites uh, came out of Egypt, and um, you know they just had all the plagues and all that stuff, and they're 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 taken off. They got they plundered the Egyptians, and so they're coming out in the wilderness into the red. They come up back up against the Red Sea. I'm just trying to set the stage for this particular chapter, and um, so they're they're. They're up against the Red Sea, and then all of a sudden there's the Pharaoh's army and his chariots are coming after him, right? And so um, they're, they see him in the distance, and they're crying, they're crying out to God. And I'll just read it here. As the Egyptian army approached, the people of Israel saw them far in the distance, speeding after them, and they were terribly frightened and cried out to the Lord to help them. 
sure we've all been there before, not, not having a chariot or anything after you, but the, we've cried out to the Lord for different things. <laughs> but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch, and you will see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians you are looking at, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you, and you won't need to lift a finger. So that's what Moses told the people. Now, this is the verse that's really kind of cool. The Lord said to Moses, quit praying and get the people moving. Forward, march. So that's kind of what, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're taking the steps, and we're, we're, we're going. So, hmm. Not that you shouldn't pray or anything. I mean, you got... That's, that's our relationship with God. So we've got to make sure you do that. We cover your prayers uh, over this. And we do need a prayer covering over this. So um, uh, let's see. Oh, so I'm gathering information, the different construction-related trades that uh, people may have in this church. Um, you know, professional trade skills, like uh, uh, you may be a, an architect. We may have an architect in here. I don't know, a draftsperson maybe that uh, does CAD drawings. Um, that can you know take a take a concept and put it on paper so we can submit it to the city of what we want to do. Um, you know you might be a um, HVAC guy. You might have plumbing skills or roofing skills or floor coverings. You know, um, but professional professional skills and maybe even you might want to. Um, the Lord might want you to donate those too. That would be awesome. Um, right now, I'm not asking for any commitments to that. Right now, we're just trying to. Uh, get the types of skills that we may need to call on you at, at that time when it comes up, and then we'll talk with you and see uh, where you're at and you know whether or not you'll be able to uh, able to do that. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to what God's going to do through us through this or getting this building. Um, you know, there's going to be ministries that are going to come up because of the building that you are going to do that you don't even know yet. You know, so that's it, it will it, it is going to it is going to happen. Um, and any, and if you have any general questions, um, uh, just, you know, con- uh, concerns, maybe or anything, you can ask either myself or Clayton. Um, you, know, you can just email us or you can talk to us. And you know, we're trying to share the load is what we're trying to do. Clayton and I. So. Um, That's me. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you, Joe. I love that guy. I love both of those guys a lot. Um, so I, what I love about, uh, Joe, the, the scripture you just read, of course the Lord wouldn't be saying to his people, never pray again, you know? that's That somehow doesn't fit with Scripture. But here was the thing. They were crying out to him, and he opened the water. He's like, okay, let's go. This is what you asked for. So we do need to pray for him to part the water. And and uh, I want... I, <sighs> I know, I know three pastors in this valley because I've been here a while, 25 years. But in the last 10 years, I know three pastors who um, were given by the Lord miraculously a church that was not theirs. Three pastors. 
I know, and you, you hear stories like Mike Bickle in Kansas City IHOP. And let me tell you, those are praying people, right? And, and they have a vision. They were, they were taking steps. That's what we're here to say is we're taking steps. When you look at those huge numbers, you're like, whoa, that's not going to happen. You could think of that. You know, that's impossible. Yes. That's where God comes in. Right. And we take our steps, but he wants to know, are my people with me? Do you guys want this? Do you see what I'm saying? He kind of waits for us to get excited and go, I see that excitement. I'm going to match that and then some. And I've seen, I have, I have heard so many amazing miracles and we're expecting miracles. But I think sometimes in the past, I have been waiting for a miracle kind of like this, you know, as opposed to, all right, let's go. Let's take the steps. Let's look at the buildings. Let's, you know, the things that we need to do. So, um, each, each of you, I'm just asking, um, that you would again consider these things in your own heart. Um, Suzanne and I will do the same. I mean, this is obviously our dream and, and, uh, I, I'll just say this. I won't go into any details, but I, I believe God's given me, um, some real strategies for other streams of income because I want, I want his blessing for other streams that are going to not only bless this church, but other, other places like crazy. We, we, Suzanne and I do give very regularly here and other places, but I, I, I think again, I mentioned before about not being afraid of wealth. Not for the sake of being wealthy so that you're like, oh, I'm all set. I don't have to worry about anything in life. No, you're always going to be linked in this way. But don't be afraid of wealth because because God is going to give you some downloads about about how about how you how he's going to bless you in ways for you to be a massive blesser of others. Here are some ways tonight. I do not expect you. We are not handing you a sheet and saying, what's your commitment to this? We're not going to do that. That's just kind of not our style. Um, but if some of you tonight are feeling so moved, you're like, I'd like to do something tonight or in the near future. Here's things you can do. So any cash and checks, that's what this building, little cute little building is here for. That's a place of our own. That's where it would go if you wanted to just in faith tonight do that. Um, you can use PayPal online on our website, blazingfire.org. You can use a credit card um, tonight or online, obviously, but tonight by filling out a credit card slip or see Suzanne um, if you want to swipe your card tonight. And uh, if you want to or, uh, transfer stocks or other commodities, you also need to inquire with Suzanne. Um, and there's her email address, Suzanne at blazingfire.org. Um, and this is what I want to end with, that I, w- I, wanna, I want to identify for you who the elders are and who the overseers are. So, because you saw Joe and you saw Clayton tonight, and so they are very open for you to come and talk to them. They're very open for you to email them. We'll, we'll put this out on the on the next next week's email. If you're like, oh, I didn't get the emails, we'll put it out again. We're going to give you a way to get in contact with people. But I also want you to know others that you can talk to. The elders, certainly we have been talking about the building for quite some time. You could talk to any one of us. The overseers group, we're bringing them in more and more. They're more and more in the conversations. And so could I ask if you're an elder or an overseer, if you would just come forward, come on up. Come on up.
So especially if you are, are newer here, I wanted, I wanted you to be able to actually identify who are some of the leaders I could talk to. Because the reality is if you're all you know, waiting for one person, myself, for example, there might be quite a long line. There are other people you can talk to. Or if you just have ideas, you're like, who can I get an idea across to? You can tell one of us because we all talk to each other quite regularly. Um, and we like each other. Whoa. Okay. Um, stay, stay here. This is the last thing I want to do. I, I have you up here not because any of you has to say anything, but if you have any declarations in just a minute, I'm going to give you a mic because I want to end. It is 9 o'clock. So parents, if you have children, I invite you to go get them and, and bring them back. And I promise this is going to be short. I realize it's 9, so we're going to make this short. But I, to me, the most important thing we can do is agree with heaven. Um, otherwise, it's all about us. And there's this verse I read once. It said something like, it's not by our might or our power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, right? Not by might, not by power. And we get, sometimes we forget and we get back when we think it's all about us, then we can start to feel the weight of it and go, oh, this is never going to happen. And God says, ask me to breathe on this. Okay, so that's what I want to do right now. I want to, we're going to make declarations. If you're, if you're home doing the dishes or at work or whatever, and you think about this, pray for us, please. Father, let your grace come, let your mercy come. Um, and I want to bless you. I already said about different streams of income. I just want to bless you like I did earlier. And, and that, that God's got some things for you. Not, not just like, I don't want to bless you with a hook and go, well, I just want you to be blessed. So we'll be blessed. No, because we are we. We're, we're we this way, both ways. And, and I do want you to be blessed for the sake of being blessed and so that God will show you what he wants you to do with your life and with that blessing. All right? Um, so does anyone yet have a declaration? Anything that I, I would... And I want to try to, because of time, I want to try to keep it to declarations. So if you've got a really quick thing to say, no problem, but then turn it quickly into a declaration. Father, we just thank you that you've invited us, Lord God, in your plan for blazing fire. And we come to you not as beggars, but we come to you as your children, Father, your beloved daughters and sons. And we just say thank you in advance. Thank you in advance for our home. Thank you for the people, Lord God, that you are drawing to yourself, Lord God, through blazing fire. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that uh, we are not doing this for you and we're not doing this on our own. We are actually on a journey with you. And Father, thank you that that um, this is something you've had in your heart for us. And we are acknowledging again, God, we are not wanting a building to have a building. We are not wanting a building, Father, to, um, to say we've arrived. We are wanting a place to host your presence. We are asking for a place, Papa. To, for sons and daughters to come back into the kingdom to feel safe and to learn to learn what it is to be a son or daughter father thank you we're, we're, we thank you that as we're taking steps you are going to go above and beyond in, in how you are going to meet us this is what you've always done just like you did with the israelites who were at at their wits end did not know how they were going to survive and you said watch this but you also said moses i want you to hit the water with your staff. There are things you have us to do, Lord, because we're partnering with you. And I'm asking that for us as a church. 
Teach us how to partner with you. God, we will do anything that you ask. And we are asking you, God, to part the waters. Would you part the waters and, and, and provide a place like only you can? In Jesus' name. And Lord, I say to you, you who are greater than the heavens of heaven, such that that cannot contain you, we say, we proclaim that here on earth, you will allow yourself to be contained here within Blazing Fire Church, within our hearts, that place we come together so we can be sent out to the world to be exactly who you call us to be, exactly who you want to be in us and through us, God, together in unity, adoring you, loving each other, and going out to love on the world that is desperate and dying to know that they are loved and that they matter, that they belong already to the heart of God. Thank you, Lord, that because you've already given yourself to us, and you've already given us this building. We can give ourselves and the God in us to the world. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we declare over this valley and just the whole Bay Area that those that are feeling lost or confused, Jesus, that you would call in your kids, God, that, that we thank you, Jesus, for a place, a sanctuary for those to come home in the middle of the day, during the week, Jesus, not just on a Saturday night, that there would be a sanctuary, a safe place, Jesus, where the lost would find you, God, where the hungry would come and be fed. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. All right. So I want to I just want to pray over you, Father. <clears throat> I just I speak over every single son and daughter in this room, every one of yours. Father, first of all, build them, build them up to know who you say they are. Lord, let them find their identity in you as a loved, wanted son or daughter. Father, thank you that you call us as kings and priests. That's exactly what your word says. We are kings and priests. We are royalty. And so, God, I thank you that it is your desire to bless. And I thank you, Father, that you are going, I'm I'm declaring over every person in this room, Father, your blessings, heaven's favor. I'm asking for creative resources. I'm asking God for for new streams of income. I'm asking God that you get us out of any old mindsets that would just feel trapped. Lord, help us to see outside of whatever box we think we are trapped in. Lord, bring uh, opportunities, bring inheritances, whatever it is. And Lord, thank you that you have a plan for every child in this room to be to be a, a bringer of your kingdom, to bring a bringer of joy and of light and of love. And God, thank you. I'm asking for resources, ample resources, so that every person in this room can do what they are called to do without fear of, do I have the money to do it? Lord, we want so much resource that we are out doing what you want us to do, whatever that looks like, in whatever mountain you send us to. 
And God, in the process, we have, we have more than enough to be generous givers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen.